Hey, this is Welby Pierce. I'm the lead pastor of Hope Rising Church. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope it inspires you, hope it builds your faith, and hope it gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. I hope you enjoy the message. Hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. Come on. And man, man, it's so good to see you here this morning. Hope you're encouraged and feel the presence of the Lord. Why don't you high five three people next to you as you take a seat? Tell them hope has a name. Hope has a name. Hope, yeah, it has a name. Amen. Good stuff. How's everybody doing? Spring break, part two. The tail end of spring break. Man, I hope, hope it's been good for you. Uh, maybe you worked. Um, I'm sorry. Um, somebody got to pay the bills, though, right? And uh, hey, it's it, it's so good to to see you here. Um, uh, I'll give you some encouragement. School starts tomorrow for <laughs> some of you parents. Some of you parents are like, man, can't wait for tomorrow. Let's go. Love my kids, but I love school too. Come on. If you're just being honest. Well, hey, I'm Pastor Welby, the lead pastor here, and uh, it's such an honor privilege to get to do this week in and week out uh, with you and with our with just a bunch of new faces each and every week and uh, you may not know much about us but hopefully the more you come the more you, you'll, you'll hear about us and we're a, a church that launched a year ago and uh, we've been here in this school specifically uh, since last uh, last May and so uh, man, we're just excited uh, what God's been doing and uh, man, it's just it's been it's been crazy good and so we're excited that you're here today uh, to worship with us. But hey, we are in a brand new series. <clears throat> we just got out of a series called Uncommon. And we talked about relationships and how relationships are broken and how do we look and fix our relationships uh, in a godly way. And maybe you missed a, a week or hadn't been here. Uh, man, we have a podcast available. Anytime that you miss, uh, just know, or maybe you're here and you just wanna go back and listen to it, just know that uh, we have a podcast that goes up every, uh, every week uh, of, of our messages and stuff, so you can go back and check that out. We'd love for you to take a listen to that. But our brand new series today is called Tag a Friend. Everybody say, Tag a Friend. <clears throat> That's right, Tag a Friend. In fact, I, I entitled this message, Sharing is Caring. Sharing is caring. And so the message, this message today is going to be what I would say introductory uh, in form that's going to help set up the next four weeks as we uh, lead into Easter. Can you believe that Easter is only, it's five weeks away from today? Easter is, is just not, just right around the corner, just five weeks away. And uh, next week you're going to find an invite card uh, in your seat. So when you come back next week, you're gonna sit down and you're gonna see an invite card. It's gonna be right there for Easter. And this is what we want you to do. We, we believe every card has got somebody's name attached to it. <clears throat> maybe, maybe not somebody's physical name is written on it, but we believe that as we continue to, to have an invite culture and as we continue to invite people, that that card represents somebody's name. It represents a family. It represents somebody that needs to hear about the hope and his name is Jesus, amen? And they need to hear about it, and we just are believing that we're, we're gonna give you the tools, we're gonna give you the resources to try and help you the best way that we can so people can hear about such an amazing man named Jesus. And so uh, I, I love what God is doing in this place. I love uh, for Easter. We're just not uh, uh, inviting uh, through our cards, but we also are having uh, some prayer meetings leading up to Easter. And uh, you may not know it today, but, but we actually prayed for you that when you, before you were even here, we were praying for you that God would speak to you and God would, God would meet you right where you're at today, right in this moment. And, and so uh, we've got the first three Saturdays of April leading up to Easter. Uh, for just one hour, we're gonna be in some homes and man, we're gonna be just, just praying from nine to 10 on a couple of Saturdays. It's gonna be one Saturday that's 10 to 11. And uh, man, we just, we want you to be a part of that with us. And so just make plans. Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna be praying. We're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're putting God first. Is that okay? Is that okay? We say, God, we need you. And before we even show up to Easter, we just, uh, listen, we know that people only come 
to, to church sometimes on Easter and Christmas. But what if this Easter, it was something different? What if this Easter, somebody came and they just were coming out of ritual. They were coming out of obligation. They were coming because they had to. But they showed up and they, they found not religion, but they found relationship through a man named Jesus. And they realized that, hey, you know what? There is hope and hope has a name and his name is Jesus. And, and, and things begin to change for them. And no longer was it just a, an, an Easter and Christmas only type of thing, but it became something that they placed value in and saw what God could do in and through the lives. So, man, we're just believing this Easter is going to be crazy, all right? We're going to have a good time. We're going to have an Easter egg hunt. It's going to be great. All right, we'll talk more about that next week. Uh, but I'm telling you, it's going to be so good. So, tag a friend. Everybody say that with me again. Tag a friend. <clears throat> if you use social media, then you've definitely tagged a friend before. Or maybe they have tagged you in a picture or a post. You know how it is. You open up your, get on your phone and you open up Facebook or Instagram and Twitter, whatever it may be, and you have a notification Notifications ever make you feel good? You're like, yeah, somebody, somebody posted something or, or and you look at your notifications, they're like, you've been mentioned. And you're like, yes, somebody was thinking of me, right? Why, why did they mention you or why did you mention your friends? Because, because they wanted you to go and see, they wanted you to go and experience, they wanted you to go read about something, they wanted you to see something. They, they, maybe, maybe it was, it was uh, you know, some of the, um, people that have been acquired on the Texans this past week. Hey, we, it's, football season is gearing up. Come on, we need some, we need some prayers for the Texans this year, okay? I know we're a few, you know, we're a few months away, but y'all pray for the Texans this year. Come on, let it be our year. Okay, just, just me and, and Mauricio over here. Come on, come on. <coughs> so <clears throat> anyways, sorry, I'm having some, some issues, but y'all bear with me today. Uh, but, but they wanted you to see something, right? And, or a video, it's a funny video. And they're like, hey, man, you gotta watch this video. It's amazing, you're gonna love it. But here's the deal. Here's the problem. What if you wanna tag a friend who doesn't have Facebook or doesn't have Instagram? Well, they'll, they'll never get the notification, will they? They'll never get the notification that, that you've got something that you want them to see or experience. It's inclusive in its experience, meaning only if you have an account can you experience what somebody is wanting to show you, right? And I'm, I'm just afraid that the church for too long has become an inclusive club where our weekly gatherings are only for those that have an account. Only for those that have said yes to Jesus. But can I tell you that Jesus said it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but it's the sick. That I've not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. And when we show up on a Sunday, it's because we believe that we are meant to be more like a hospital. We're meant to be more like a hospital. We, yeah, we come together and we celebrate all that God has done throughout the week, but also knowing that there's some sick people that need some help. Some, someone, some people that are broken and they need healing. Some that are hopeless and they need some hope. Hurting, searching for answers. Have you ever gone to the hospital and something was wrong? And you didn't know what was wrong, but you, you're like, man, I, I, it's, it's not fixing itself. Man, I gotta, I gotta get to the hospital. And you get there, and the doctors run all of these tests, and they're like, we don't know what's wrong with you. They can't give you any answers. And you're like, you, you got either two answers. One, you're like, cool, I've got insurance, just keep on trying to figure it out. Or two, you're like, I don't have insurance, cool, peace, gotta go home, right? Don't hold me here any longer than you have to. I want you to know today that we won't pretend to have it all together. 
We're not gonna be a church that pretends to have all the answers, but we will give you the one answer that you do need and that his name is Jesus. I'm telling you that there's hope in the name of Jesus this morning. There's healing in that name of Jesus this morning. There's peace in that name this morning. There is freedom for you this morning past any addiction or any hurt or any pain. There's victory in the name of Jesus. The victory is his. It's already won. You just gotta begin to walk in it. Y'all gonna have to help me out this morning, all right? I know it's the end of spring break and some of you getting back on vacation. You may be a little bit tired. You may have had a late night last night, but I just need you to help me out. Somebody say, come on. Come on. Get this. 80% of people, 80%, four out of five people would come to church if you just asked them. This series really isn't about inviting people to church, though, near as much as it is about learning how to share your faith with others. We want to help you share your faith with others. See, I believe the church has made it too easy for you not to share your faith with others. We've kind of resorted over the last 20 to 30 years, and we've just kind of been like, hey, you just invite your friends to church, and we'll give them Jesus. You don't worry about giving them Jesus. You just bring them here to church. We'll get them, we'll get, you know, we'll give them some Jesus. They'll find Jesus. Life will be great. And yeah, we're going to give people Jesus. Like that's what's we're, that's unashamedly, that's what we're about. We're going to give people Jesus every time we meet. But I think that we've made it too easy for other people to not share their faith. I mean, we love what we do. And we've had 16 people this year already say yes to Jesus. I mean, come on, that's, that, that's amazing. <clears throat> but why do we have to wait till they get here? Why does it have to be me or somebody up on stage? Why can't it be you? I can already tell today's gonna be a little like tug and pull a little bit, all right? So, um, even if, even if I step on your toes a little bit, just, just, just pretend like you like it, okay? Like, come on! You, you, you know, give me a lick. Thank you, Eric, come on. Uh, if you were a doctor and somebody was bleeding bad, they needed medical attention, wouldn't you help them before they got to the hospital? Like, if you were a doctor, someone's bleeding out, Someone needs some obvious medical attention. Like, would you say, ah, oh, bro, that's not good. 911, uh, man, this guy bleeding, like, probably gonna die in a couple minutes. Ambulance may not make it in time. Wait on the ambulance, bro. It's another three or four minutes to the hospital. Hopefully you make it. I'll pray for you. No, if, if, you, if you're a good doctor, right, you're going you're gonna to be like, man, dude, I'm so, oh, what's going on? Like, like, you're going to do whatever it takes to try and save that patient there, right? You're not going to wait till they get to the hospital. And, and I, I, I'm afraid that, that we've waited too long for people to come inside the church house for them to be made whole and for them to be made well. Can I tell you that God wants to use you? to touch people's lives, that they don't have to wait to get to a church on the weekend, but they can find Jesus at their desk in their office next to you. Maybe, maybe you share a car, you, 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 you commute with somebody, and, and you can talk about Jesus in your car, and, and people can find Jesus on the ball field or, or, or wherever it may be. They don't have to wait till they come here on a Sunday. You see, I believe that one-on-one evangelism is still the most effective. It's still the most effective when somebody hears your story because you're in relationship with them. They know you, your friends, your homies. You, you, you talk live together. They maybe know where you've been and they know where you're at and where you're going. I believe this one-on-one evangelism, it's, it's so effective. The Bible tells us that we, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. We overcome when we start telling people our story. Everybody say my story. 
Come on, somebody needs to hear your story. When was the last time you shared your story? Now, now maybe, maybe you don't have to go into all the details, but you kind of need a, a few different versions of your story. I'm telling you, sharing is caring. You need to have like the elevator pitch. 30 seconds. And my life was bad. I found Jesus. My life is better. There's still struggles, but it's okay. He's all right. Then you like that five-minute pitch. Oh, man, do you have five minutes? Man, I'd love to share with you what God's been doing in my life. I grew up this way, man. Family was this and that. Got into some things, you know, but, but man, I've, I had some people around me, and somebody introduced me to Jesus, and, and I found Jesus, and this is kind of my life now. This is where I've been now. And he can do the same for you. And then you need like the 20 to 30 minute pitch. Where it's like, hey, do you have time to sit down? Can, can we go to lunch? Can we go to lunch and can we talk about what, what, what God has done and, and what God is doing in my life? When we were starting the church, that's what they, they told us for our, for our, our um, how to invite people to be a part of our church. They say, you need like the elevator pitch, man. Hey, this is who we are. And we're about people's dreams. We're about people finding purpose, man. We don't want, want their past to, to hinder them, man. We don't want them to be defined by their past, but let them know, hey, there's a future for you. God's got something for you. You don't have to stay in that, in that same situation. And so we, 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 we had 30 seconds. We had the two minute, five minute. We had the 30 minute conversation. Sharing is caring. Studies say this, 53% of people will never, ever, 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 did I say ever or never? They will never, ever step foot in a church. 53% of people. They're not coming. It doesn't matter how cute you are. It doesn't matter how much swag you got. Stats tell us 53% of people will never step foot in a church. Maybe they're jaded, maybe they're hurt, maybe they think the church is all about their money, maybe they think the church is crooked. Whatever it may be, they're not stepping into the church. So what are we gonna do about it? Because we live in this post-Christian era. Did you know that? We live in a post-Christian era? Where the United States used to be the country that sent, sent out missionaries across the world to go give people Jesus? Do you know other countries are now sending missionaries to America so America can find Jesus? Come on, we live in a post-Christian era. In God we trust, yeah, on our money, but not really. Fifty-three percent, they're not coming. This is the, the difference between business and, and churches. If business identified an untapped market group of 53%, they'd be gone. Like they wouldn't even be here for the rest of the conversation. 50, you're telling me 53, I got a 53% chance or, or, or a group of people that I can go and give them my product now. They can start buying my product now. I could tell people, man, they're gonna love it. And there's 53% of a people group that I can go and share my product and my business and see my business prosper? How many think if you're a business person, you have 53% of an untapped market, you'd be like, peace, guts to go, let's go, money to make, people to see, right? They'd go after it, doing all that they could do to reach the 53%. You know, I just wish we loved souls like business loves money, though. I just wish we loved souls like business loves money. I wish we loved people more than business loves money. Because what does the church do? We complain about the 53%. Ah, oh, can, can you believe what they do? Ugh. Do you know they go over there and they, they do those things with those people and oh my Lord, I just can't believe it. Susie, did you know that? They got this thing called Snapchats now. Do you know they, they, they are 
teenagers are sending these pictures on, on the interwebs and, and text messages and stuff. Like, we, we'll, we'll complain about the 53%. We won't go after them. No, because their struggle's different than your struggle. And it's a lot easier to judge people whose struggles look a lot different than your struggles have been. Man, that's gonna be a really great series. I promise, come back next week. But, but I'm just telling you, like I wish the church in general loved people like business loved money. 53%, they're not gonna ever come into a church. So what do we gotta do? You can't, you can't just sit here and, and, and set up and tear down. Oh, it's great. And man, we prayed for you. If you're an unbeliever, if you don't follow Jesus, we prayed for you today. Man, we believe for you today. We exist so people far from God experience new life in Christ. Listen, we're going to give you Jesus, baby. We're going to love you. We're going to let you know you can do it, that God's got a plan and a purpose for you. But what about the other people that aren't coming in? What about your neighbor? When's the last time you invited a neighbor? Hey, when's the last time you had a conversation with your neighbor? How many of you know your neighbor's name? Man, Pastor Weber, I just wish you would kind of you know, bring it down. You know, you're kind of hitting 100. You should bring it down a little bit. What are we going to do about the 53%? The people that aren't coming. We got to go after them. We must go where they are. You know, Jesus went where people was. In fact, people, people, people mocked Jesus and didn't like Jesus, and they talked bad about Jesus because Jesus would, would sit with the prostitutes and the tax collectors and the, the, the evildoers and the, the people that needed Jesus, Jesus sat next to. Sometimes we get caught in our holy huddles. It's us four, no more. It's me, Jesus, and my two homies. I'm sorry. You look a little different. You smell a little different. Ugh, I can't be around you. You, you kind of hurt my holiness. We walk around with halos and not y'all, just in general, you know. It's... We got to go where they are. That's why, that's why the very first week of April, we're rolling something out called Hope Week. Rolling out something called Hope Week because we know people need hope. And so being, being launched through your, through your groups that you attend, man, can I tell you, man, like 80, 90% of our church is in a group. Man, can I tell you, hey, man, come on. Doing life together, we're better together. Man, it's so good. I mean, it's so good. It's so healthy. Man, we've got a healthy church. I'm telling you, God's doing great things. But they're being launched through your groups and your group leaders have already got the emails and, and we're working all those details out. But, but the beginning of April, that whole first week, man, we're saying, hey, your group, go and be hope to somebody, to some group of people. Let's go help. Let, let's, let's all throughout this whole week or that week of April, just go and just love on people. Maybe, maybe it's helping out a nonprofit or a pregnancy crisis center. We're, we're trying to feed the teachers here at the school uh, during that week. Um, maybe, maybe it's taking care of an elderly person or, or going to a nursing home or, or mowing somebody's yard or, or whatever it may be. But we're saying, hey, your group get together and go do something. Because we know people need hope. We've got to go where they are. What if they never come to church? What if they never come inside the doors of Hope Rising or Spillane Middle School? What, what if they never show up on a Sunday? Will we still be able to give them Jesus? Because maybe you're the only Jesus that somebody's going to ever see. For about a month or so, I've had this, this phrase stuck in my head. I've just been quoting it and saying it. The table is set. The table is set. The, 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 the table is set. The, the food is ready. <clears throat> and I begin to just, 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 
I don't know, I, I just began to say this phrase. And so I was like, well, man, this, this is kind of hit my spirit a little bit. And so I was kind of stuck on it and just began to think about it. And I began to think about our church and where we're at and what God is doing. I feel as if, feel as if the table is set for us. If you've been here this year, through any amount of this year, you'll know, man, that God has been doing some amazing things. God's been moving in our services and people's lives are being changed and, and people are, are going through, it doesn't mean people's lives are perfect, but they're going through some stuff, but, but God's working it out. And the table is set, the food is ready. And I'm going to think of the worship. Man, can I tell you how blessed we are to have the worship we have? Man, can I tell you how blessed we are to have the worship with Trace leading it and, and his team, how awesome it is? Can I tell you, like, sometimes we get spoiled and we don't know it. There's churches much larger than ours, in my opinion, that don't have the type of worship that we have. Man, it's so good. Come on, I know man, Eric is in bagging. <laughs> and so, hey, we're, we're, we love what God is doing. Our, our, our kids' ministry, man, so, so you can be in here, man. Our kids' ministry team, man, they are killing it. I'm telling you, man, our kids love coming to church. You would think uh, kids on the dream team, our dream team are people, uh, the families and individuals who, who show up early and they serve, and not just on a Sunday, but they may serve during the week and, and help out or whatever. But, but do you know that our, our kids that are on our dream team, do they love Sundays? You're like, I don't think my kid ever loved coming at seven o'clock to come help set up. Can I tell you, they do. Like kids eat, sleep, and breathe being a part of this. There, there's, there's some kids that actually, if, they aren't, if their family just shows up to church on Sunday and don't, doesn't get to come and serve, they don't wanna go to church. They're like, ah, I wanna go. I wanna be there at seven. I wanna be there where all the actions are. I wanna be there. I wanna, be there. I wanna serve. Kids, five, six, seven-year-olds that wanna wake up early to be at church so they can make a difference in somebody's life. Come on, is that, come on, that's, that deserves, come on. God tell you, I don't have any problems waking my kids up on a Sunday morning. You say, well, you're a pastor, you, you gotta wake them up anyways. You're right, but, <laughs> but I don't have a problem. They, they wake up. Dude, Sundays, they're like, boom, let's go. Let's go make a difference. I'll tell my kids, and I would encourage you to tell your kids, you're, you're a leader. You're called to make a difference. Corbin's four. I've been telling Bria for years she's a leader. But Corbin's four, and I've started telling, you're a leader, son. You're called to make a difference. He's like, well, I was a line leader today. You're a leader, son. Let's go. You're a go. What'd you do in your class today? Well, I wasn't a line leader. It's okay, but what'd you do to make a difference in somebody's life today? It's like, well, I didn't hit. <laughs> there we go. Let's go. Come on. The wins, right? We'll take it. I feel like a lot of the table is set. I feel like we've got great people. We've got a great culture. I feel like a lot, of the, a lot of the things that are needed for us as a church collectively are the table is set. The food is hot. We got hot rolls, baby. Anybody like hot rolls? You know, just like, you know, and you're like, uh, like potato patch. Like back in the day, anybody, they throw some hot rolls at you. They'd be like, rolls, right? Um, man, we, I mean, we, I'm telling you that it's ready. All right. And uh, so I know what some of you are thinking. Would he ever get to some scripture? I'm there. You can go to Luke 14. And as I was thinking of the table is set, the food is ready, I began to think of, you can take, take that down just for a second. Uh, I began to think of this, this passage of scripture. I felt like the Lord led me to it. And, and before we get to it, I, I, for it to make sense, I wanna kinda give you a little background of it just for a moment. And so in the beginning of Luke chapter 14, Jesus is at dinner with the leader of the Pharisees, uh, this, this religious leader, uh, of this time and this, this day and age. And so uh, they were at this dinner and there was a man whose arms and legs were swollen. He needed some obvious attention, right? And Jesus asked, do you heal on the Sabbath? Because religious leaders 
And the religious would say, no, we don't heal on the Sabbath because if you healed on the Sabbath, it would be considered work. And we didn't work on the Sabbath. And then Jesus would ask, well, if your son or your cow falls into a pit, don't you rush to get them out on the Sabbath? Well, yeah, yeah, we would go do that because there's a, a, a rule, there's a, a stipulation, there's a clause in the contract, right, that says, that says on the Sabbath, you can actually do work if you're saving somebody from harm, from hurting, if they're in trouble. But we're, but we're not going to, if somebody needs healing, we can't do that. That's not, that's, that's not in the stipulations. Jesus was making a point. If you rush to save someone, shouldn't you save the other? If you rush to go save a cow, shouldn't you save somebody who's hurting and needs a doctor who is sick? And then Jesus noticed all who would come to the dinner. All these people were trying to get the best seats they had been invited to come to the dinner and, and they were all like, like man, I want to I get, I want to, I want to be in the seat of honor. I want to be closest to, to the, to the man. I want to be closest to the one who invited me to be here. And Jesus would tell them, sit at the foot of the table and let the host be the one who brings you to a place of honor and not yourself. That'll preach. And he'd say, those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So all of this is going on, okay? And it picks up in verse 12. It says, then he, then he turned to his host. When you put on a luncheon or a banquet, he said, don't invite your friends, your brothers, your relatives, your rich neighbors, for they will invite you back. And that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the people, the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. Doing something for somebody else that they can never, ever repay you for what you've done. Hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. Oddly enough, just like the, sitting we're, the setting we're in right now. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guest, come, the banquet is ready but they all began to make excuses. All of his friends, all the people he knew began to make excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I wanna try them out. I just bought a house. Sorry, bro, I'll be there next week. I can't be there this week. I'm going on vacation, can't be there. All those things are okay, okay? But you know, we're making excuses, right? We're, hey, sorry, not this week, maybe next week. Another said, I just got married. Got you, bro, I got you. So I can't be there. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Don't get so fixated on just those words, but go to the poor in spirits. Go to those that, that are crippled emotionally. Go to the ones that have pulled a hamstring playing softball. That was low, sorry. Go, go to... Go to the blind. Go to the ones that can't see the truth. Go to the ones that, that can't see beyond where they're at. Go to the lame, those that, 
that have no purpose in life and let them know that there's a God that loves them and that there's a purpose for them and that the table is set and the food is ready. They don't have to pay anything. It's free. Come on, we love free. Come on, free food is always good. Come on, I, I've got the best of the best. I've got, I've got the best spread available. Go to them. And after the servant had done this, I want you to get this in your spirit. He reported, there is still room for Come on, say that again. There was still room for, man, when I read this scripture, man, I about jumped up out of my seat. I was like, are you kidding me? There's still room for, there's still room for. If you've been with us this year, you will know that God gave us a word and he gave me a word. He said more. In fact, I'm wearing a chain. With the key on it says more. We handed them out in our very first series of talks this year and believe that, that God gave us this word more, to believe for more, that, that there's things coming that, that you just gotta hang on and wait, baby. You just gotta just believe and trust in God that, that whatever it is that he needs to get to you, he'll get it to you if he can get it through you, okay? And so, so I just was like, more. We talked about God's plans and his purposes and all these things. And then I read this. And I was like, there's that word again, more. The table is set. The food is ready. Hey, Welby, go read Luke 14. All right, I'm going to go read Luke 14. And I read, there's still room for more. And I was like, God, you really are speaking. You really are doing something beyond what anybody could possibly do. Can I tell you that there's still room for more in this place? There's still room for more. I know it's spring break, but look next to you. There's a, might be an empty seat. Can I tell you there's room for more? Can I tell you that we can expand the pipe and drape? We can, we can make this room look like however we want it to look like. We can add more chairs. Man, there's plenty of chairs here at the school. I'm telling you there is room for more. I don't know about you, that's exciting. I don't know about you, but that's exciting. That there's room for more. There's room for your friends. There's room for your neighbors. There's room for your family members. Come on, there's room for those that maybe you don't even know yet, but you're gonna meet somebody this week. There's room for more. And even better than that, I got better news. I got good news. How many like good news? Come on, I got even better news than that. There is still room for more in heaven. There's still room for more to say yes to Jesus. There's still room for more for their eternity to be changed forever. So his master said, verse 23, you've already asked all of these people to come. They're coming in. But go out into the country lanes behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to make room for more. Over the past probably five weeks, almost every week, we're adding chairs, we're adding rows for more people. We're in the middle of worship and just people are coming in. Droves of people are coming in. One week we added five rows just to add, make room for more. Why does God desire the house to be full? Because there's something that happens when people come together and they worship God. I believe that there's something that happens when people come together and they worship God, lifting up the name of Jesus. There's a synergy that happens with people uh, that are coming together to lift up the name of Jesus, to experience who this Jesus is celebrating what God has done in their lives, realizing that you're not alone. 
And isn't it, aren't you glad that you're not alone? Aren't you glad you can realize you're not alone? I mean, I mean, that's one of the best things we have about our groups. I could say about our groups is, is you, get in, you get in a group and, and you just begin to just share life and do life together and you realize, hey, I'm not alone. Somebody will, will pray for me. Somebody will, will check in on me. Somebody will, will, hey, let me encourage me and let me know, hey, I got you. It's gonna be all right. Having your faith grow. I believe God wants his house full because we can know if he did it for, for us, he could do it for you. Did it for them, surely he could do it for me. I think Trace said it best. He said, you may not know my testimony, but God's done some amazing things from where I've been to where I'm at. Not for a minute was I forsaken. No, the Lord is in this place. And not just this physical place, but this place right here. My heart, my spirit, my soul. Hebrews says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I know we don't talk a lot about in churches a lot anymore about Jesus coming back, but I just kind of tell you Jesus is coming back. Awesome, four people. Man, I'm so glad we're all excited about Jesus coming back. Not all at once, okay? It's okay. Um, we don't talk a lot about it. But we give, we give people every week an opportunity to receive Jesus and have their they're not just their today changed or their tomorrow, but their eternity. Listen, there, there's an enemy of our soul that fights against us. It would want to distract us and deter us and, and not want us to live for Jesus and not want to say yes to Jesus. But can I tell you, when we come together and we don't isolate ourselves, when we come together as a group collectively, there's something that says, man, I'm in a group of people that they may not have it all together and they may not have all the answers, but we're gonna worship the one who does together. God, break our hearts for what breaks yours. May our heart break for the things that breaks God's heart. 1 Corinthians 9, here as we wrap it up. Chapter 19 says, even though I am a free man, Paul would say, with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I too lived under the law. Even though I am not subject to the law, I did this so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from the law so I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weaknesses. For I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find something to argue about with everyone. Oh, that's not what it says. That's just what Christians are known for. I must have a lot of Christians in the room today because if you weren't saved, you'd be like, come on now. No, I try to find what? Common ground. Your kid, your, your kid plays t-ball? Oh, that's crazy. My kid plays t-ball. Man, it's awesome. Dude, you love music? Oh my gosh, I love music. It's great. What's some of your favorite bands? Switchfoot, come on. They were here last night. Some of you were like, I'm here. <laughs> but it was a late night. We find common ground, right? I think far too long the church has been known for what we are against and not what we're for. Can I tell you, let's be people and let's be a church that's known what we are, are for and not against. Hey, listen, it's easy to tell people what you're against or what you don't like or what you don't stand for. 
But can we be, can we be people, a church that finds some common ground with people? So that we may win some? We may not win everybody, but can we, can we find the common ground? Doing everything we can so that we may save some? I do everything to spread the good news and to share in his blessing. I know I'm the pastor, so when I'm in conversations and I find common ground with people, I set people up. Is it okay if I say, I, I, I do it, okay, I'm sorry, I do it. We talk, we find common ground. Oh, your, your daughter's in Girl Scouts? Dude, mine too. Dude, we just started you know, a few months ago, I love Girl Scout cookies, right? You know, what are your favorite? Whatever, you know, right? And um, what is it you do? Oh, man, it's got a new job. You know, man, it's awesome. Right? Just, just setting the bait. I'm just setting the bait. What is it you do? Oh, I'm, so I'm, so, I'm so glad you asked. I... I thought you were never going to ask. I'm a pastor who just started a church down the road. Man, God's moving. God's doing great things. You go to church anywhere? Nah, I don't go to church. <laughs> you do now. Why don't you, why don't you come be a part of, of what God's doing here? Oh, you don't know what I've done. You don't know, man, I, man my life's a wreck. And Dude, that's awesome. You're going to fit in perfect. We're all jacked up. It's going to be great, okay? You're going to fit in. It's going to be cool. You're going to walk in like you, you, thought, you thought it was going to be a religious group and you walk. I'm telling you, when people walk in and I text people during the week, I'm like, hey, man, thanks for being a part. So glad you're here. They're like, man, like y'all are like normal people. It's like, yeah, like we're normal. Like I, I can't believe I, 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 we thought it was cool, but you're the pastor and you said some things on stage. We're like, whoa, we've never heard that before. And so I'm like, hey, we're just normal people, right? Just normal people. You got problems. I got problems. We all got problems. It's all right. So we find common ground so we can win some. Because I'm, I'm telling you, people need Jesus in a bad way. Our world, our country, Houston, Texas, needs Jesus in a bad way. Cyprus, Texas, needs Jesus in a bad way. So what are we going to do about it? I feel like the Lord laid on my heart to tell us this. It's for us to get ready. For us to get ready. That people far from God are coming. In fact, they're not, they're not just coming, they're already here. You just may not know it. People far from God are coming, but he's going to use you to bring them so that they may experience new life in Christ. We exist so people far from God, get ready, because we exist so people far from God, a God that's going to use you, the life change that you've experienced and the life change that, that God has done in your life, he's going to do the same for other people so that they can experience the same Jesus that maybe you have. The table is set. The food is ready. You can, you can invite them to church. That's cool. But we love that. We believe God has called us to make a big difference in this area. But can I challenge you? Why wait for Sunday when you can go tomorrow and share your story with somebody? We overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by going to church. 
Oh, like <laughs> it's good. Glad you're here. It'd be kind of boring if it's just by myself. But by the word of our testimony, our story. I'm telling you. So this is what I do. I want, I want to challenge you. This week, share your story with somebody. Pray. In fact, we're going to pray in just a minute. God, lay somebody on my heart. Maybe, maybe God doesn't even lay them on your heart, but maybe literally you're in a conversation with somebody and God says, now this is the person. Share your story with them. Find a way to get the conversation to a place, finding common ground so that you can share Jesus with somebody. We don't have any problems with anybody trying to sell us anything. The Astros, the Texans, the Rockets, let's go. The gas station, the grocery store, we never have an issue with somebody trying to sell us something. But the moment we have the opportunity to give somebody the best gift that's not even for sale, it's free, we're like, mm, I don't know if I can do that, Pastor. That's, not, that's big time. That's why you're the pastor. <laughs> no, don't work like that. I'm going to give people Jesus on and off this stage. But it's not just my job, it's your job. You know what my job really is? It's to equip you, to help you. Didn't get too many amens on that one. So let's pray. God, I pray for, for your people today. I pray today that you would help us help others. I pray today that you would help us love people where they're at, that we would, like Paul, that we would find common ground with others, that you would give us an opportunity this week to share our faith with somebody, to share our story with somebody. This is where we've been, but this is where we're at, and, and man, we still don't have it all figured out, but we know we got Jesus on our side, and even when things don't look good, we still got Jesus, so we're gonna be all right. God, give us that opportunity this week. Lay that person on our heart and our spirits that we would walk away knowing that, that the conversations we have are purposeful, they're intentional, that you've called us to go and do great things. Help us with this series says, tag a friend. Help us share our faith with others. Give us the courage and give us the strength. Thank you for joining us in the Hope Rising podcast. Visit us online at hoperising.co. If you're in the Cypress, Texas area, we would love to connect with you on Sundays, 10 a.m. at Spillane Middle School. Thanks again for listening. Have a wonderful week.